Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Shredded Ed, Cardio Johnny, Paul C, Matt Mork Super Troll, and Brazil Hadley. The best infotainment show around where you'll hear us joke, banter, and debunk all the nutritional myths you've heard time and time again, helping you get fit, healthy, and shredded. Well, welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast episode number 50. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? 50 odd weeks ago, I say odd because obviously uh, it's not quite 50 weeks. Um, we would have actually dropped 50, yeah, 50 episodes. I know it's been, it's been, I suppose, uh, a bit of a whirlwind, really. Because yeah. I know we did a couple of uh, double weeks, like where we had two episodes in a week. So, you know, we've nearly been going a year, which is pretty sick. Um, but at the same time, like, how much has kind of gone on in that sort of six, seven, eight months? Right. Yeah, how right. long, uh, no, what's it been like? Ten months or something of recording? And we literally just started off. Over with, that. Over, yeah. over that. Yeah. We've had two children. Two yeah, children. Two, two children. Um, three people have actually passed their exams. <laughs> um, we. Uh... We've become a limited company. We are. We've become, we, we make yeah. money from this now as well. So what started off as five mates like trolling people online Dick, dicking about dicking as, about uh, yeah. brad burton would say oh, <laughs> stop dicking about um and uh yeah like yeah. basically just a whatsapp chat has turned into a podcast 50 episodes down the line thousands and thousands of downloads tens of thousands of downloads we might even be in the hundreds of thousands i don't even know uh i know because i told you should know because i told you only this week did you yeah, we've we've gone over the fifty thousand mark. We haven't hit hundred thousand mark yet. So, Get but it's still impressive. You. I think it's still pretty cool. Yeah. Get sharing with your friends if you know this could help somebody. Please, um, please. yeah, and I, I think uh, actually, just before you go on, before you yeah. go on, I just want to say this was once rated the number two health and fitness podcast in the whole of the fucking world on iTunes at some point. It's a fluid chart, so it does change frequently. You might have only been there for ten minutes, but still, we were the number two. <laughs> rated helpful for this podcast hey, only beaten by that but i think it was like the bbc zero to 5k or something like that so they've got a huge reach bbc yeah so not bad for five guys sat in their underpants yeah in the bedrooms exactly i'm not in my underpants by the way i might be yeah <laughs> i can't see so that's a good thing <laughs> um but yeah no it's cool it's cool um yeah it is cool so yeah plenty more things in the pipeline but so only to get bigger so anyway this is just an intro this is not even the podcast this is just the intro it should so, be the podcast um, this should be the podcast <laughs> not so you are now about to listen to our uh two guests we were supposed to have a third but unfortunately that didn't work out but we've got uh well technically we had three i suppose because uh one group were or were a couple not an actual couple that i know of they didn't say they were a couple <laughs> but two people um so you're about to listen to uh, Charlotte and Anna of Ace Ace, Ace Lifestyle talking um, about basically being busy mums, working long hours and trying to run a business. And we also had Rachel Wakeman on to talk about choosing wellness over uh, weight loss. So I hope you guys enjoy. Um, each episode is about half an hour long, so they will be tied into the one. Um, so they will just repeat after each other. But I hope you enjoy. And if you like them, Please, please, like Ed said, get uh, sharing the podcast with people. Go and review it on iTunes if you haven't already. 
help us get about and then we might even do another 50 episodes if we can think of enough content <laughs> we're scraping the barrel already <laughs> we're having to plead for people to come on the podcast so, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Uh, we'll just disclaim it for the first interview. Uh, if there's a few noise and sound issues, I do apologize. It was a little bit echoey on the girl's end, uh, but hopefully, that well, I mean, the content was great, so hopefully, it doesn't take away from that at all. So, yeah, enjoy. Enjoy. Oh, hello, Charlotte and Anna. Hello. hello. Oh. <laughs> that was in complete unison. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? Ben? <laughs> We are good, thank you. We're very excited to be on your podcast, Love No Nonsense Nutrition. Well yeah, I've been listening for many, many months, so uh, it's, uh, yeah, really excited. Oh, cool. Well, um, we'll just ask you, just do us a favour, make sure you share it around. I'm sure you are already, but the more listeners we can get. Always, help. always. And I'm sure now that you're on one, you're going to be plugging this everywhere, so. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. Right, well, this this is our 50th special, so um, obviously really pleased to have some avid listeners. I, th- I don't, I wouldn't dare even use the word fans because I don't think it sounds right, <laughs> but avid listeners on it. Um, and obviously we've got you to talk about a special topic around, um, actually no, let's not give it too much to spoil away. So first off, tell us about yourselves. I don't know if you want to take turns or whether one of you want to lead in with a story, but tell us about kind of your background. Um, you are in the fitness industry, so tell us about yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll start. I'm Anna. Um, been a fitness fanatic for many, many years. Um, sort of kept having children. I've got four. And throughout the years, um, well, I trained through pregnancies. And each time I was on maternity leave, people said, why don't you change your career, go into fitness? And I said, no, I don't want to. I love this industry too much. I love everything about fitness too much. I don't want it to be sort of work. Eventually, after the birth of my fourth one, I went for it. Um and absolutely no looking back. I used my maternity leave. I got a nanny and my husband involved and uh, retrained as a personal trainer. Um, at which time, Charlotte, do you want to go over? Yeah, so me, Anna and I actually have grown up together. We were in primary school together, secondary school together, known each other since we were seven years old. Something like that. And um, I also fell in love with fitness whilst I was having my kids. After my third one, turning 30, was feeling like um, it was time to change also my career. And so also decided to qualify as a PT. And the two of us were kind of working separately um, for a few months. And then one day did a TRX course together and decided during our lunch hour that we were gonna start ACE Lifestyle, which is what we our whole company is called now. And um, that was three years ago, and we are—we haven't looked back since. We absolutely not. Um, yeah, it's been amazing. Um, what's so fantastic is there's the two of us. So you know, you have these moments of just absolute. You know, you have a big wobble, and uh, knowing that there's someone else there, sort of. Uh, backing you up has been the most amazing uh, sort of help. I mean, the amount of times we've been put in awkward situations, being put in front of an enormous crowd to do a warm up or having to talk in public and you're sort of, you know, absolutely breaking it. But yeah, (laughs) you've got someone next to you. It really, really helps. So uh, working together has been really amazing. Yeah, I think we can completely resonate with that, with like with there being six of us now. Um, like, some Paul's at the moment, like doing up his house, so we haven't even heard of, of him for like 
I don't know, two weeks now, I think. Um, so, yeah, it's good that you can just have each other to fall back on and uh, like Fran's doing exams. So, yeah, it's, it's good. So we completely get that. Absolutely. That. Yeah. That, that's the other thing as well is, um, you know, neither of us are afraid of hard work. So, you know, it's uh, we're each sort of uh, pushing each other to uh, do more and more. And, you know, that's how businesses grow, don't they? I don't think you can be afraid of hard work with seven years. No, we do. We do. We work our butts off, but we help each other out as well with each, with each other's kids. Recently, we had a nutrition workshop, actually, that took place in my house. And um, I had to pick up my seven-year-old from a football match. And I could not quite make everything work to be here on time. So Anna took my key. She let everybody in. She set up the house. And that is like, you know, what we're here for each other for as well. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Well, we, I mean, I guess ha- having, uh, or how, sorry, just before we go on, how old are your kids then in, in terms of age ranges? So mine are four, eight, 11 and 14. So I've gone uh, slow and steady. <laughs> and mine are 11, 10 and 7. I kind of backed them all out in four years. Okay. They, 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 sound, they sound like ages where there'd be an absolute handful, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> even, at, even at 14, I'm sure. Yeah, they're very helpful. Amazing when you've got someone in your house who can actually do things. Yeah, I mean, how does how does that kind of uh, suppose how does that fit in with terms of your your jobs and in in terms of having to manage or juggle that busy lifestyle of being a mum and obviously you know being part of a family and then having to also kind of manage what we all know in certainly in in the PT realms in the fitness industry long long hours. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I have got, luckily, I've got a little studio in my house. And so my, and my husband works abroad during the week. (laughs) So that's another element of craziness to my life. Um, And so I have just got my kids very, very well trained. They have to, my seven and 10 year old boy, get themselves up, make themselves breakfast, get themselves ready. They're ready for school so that I can train one or two people before we leave for school and then they're ready I take them to school and then I get on with my day and then I've always got the hours of like 3 30 till about seven at the very least to be with them and then I'll go back out and work again in the evening so it's pretty mental I mean, I think we're just in the point of our lives where they're all in school from sort of 8.30 to 3.30. So, you know, you've got that solid block. Um, we try and fit in a couple of morning clients as well. And my husband's been very helpful getting the kids off to school. Um, but, you know, it's the case of, you know, something always gives. It's never a perfect. Um, uh, <laughs> there's, there's always issues that we just sort of have to manage um, in terms of logistics, in terms of simple things like getting you know food on the table for supper um your head is never quite but we manage there, but we do a really i think we're we, doing the right job and our kids are very um they're understanding and i think they're very proud of us especially because um i wasn't working so much when they were younger and i think now that they can see how hard i work and what and what we've achieved in this kind of short time they're like really proud of us. Our names in our area are quite well known now. Ace is quite a well-known brand. We have all our clothes branded. We have our husbands walking around in Ace hoodies and our kids walking around in Ace hoodies. And so they're quite proud that, you know, that's their mums. And I think that's something that's really important 
for them to see that, you know, their daddies work and their daddies work really hard, but their mummies and we're all doing it together and we've all got to help each other out. So it's been, I think. Yeah. And it's just such an important um, lesson, sort of uh, work ethic and sort of the role models that we're becoming. My mother always worked. Uh, she worked sort of uh, 24-7, had her own business as well, and it was never really an option that I wouldn't sort of give it my absolute everything. And I think, you know, sort of hopefully we're teaching them the right lessons that, uh, you know, good work ethic. So, uh, yeah. No, absolutely. Cool. No, that's totally cool. Is there anything specific that you guys do in terms of, so I guess of you, your proponents of the fitness industry or, or want to help people get into happier, healthier shapes and all that type of stuff? Um, what do you guys specifically do to to maintain your busy lifestyles? Then, so obviously you talked about the work ethic and stuff. Is there anything specific you do, you guys do, to maintain your health and your own fitness? And so that's it's become actually really hard because we're putting in sort of sixteen-hour days, sort of minus your couple of hours when we're feeding and uh, putting the kids to bed. And um, we always we've ended up in a situation where we've had to put ourselves last always. So we've got sort of our training plans that are in place, um, which we try and um, do throughout the week. But yeah. often they sort of, uh... <laughs> you know, obviously we squeeze our own workouts in when we can. Um, and we try and do, you know, we try and do a minimum of three a week. And if we can get more than that in, then that's absolutely awesome. And we also teach loads of classes. So if it's been a particularly um, busy week and we've not managed to get to the gym much, we sort of join in a li little bit more of the classes, which also all our sort of um, the ladies that come to our classes, they love that because they want to see that you're working just as hard as they are. But I mean, for us, um, sort of watching their form and technique and making sure that they're doing right is sort of priority. Um, so we can't sort of push it too hard in those uh, situations. But we just will get up a little bit earlier um, and we, we do try and squeeze them in because we are, you know, also got to show that we look what we're trying to sell. Obviously, we practice what we preach. And um, I think we are we're quite good at that. Um, but it's hard work and we have to we have to find the time for ourselves. I just never want it to be a situation where um, we forget why we fell in love with this industry and um sort of when you're bogged down with work you can sometimes which is why we really sort of put it in the diary and uh do our best to uh make it happen do you think that's really important yeah. to practice what you preach sort of like you know yes. looking, looking in a good physique and, and things like that i think that people come to us because they want to because they think that we know how to look better, how to eat better, et cetera, et cetera. So if we didn't, if we looked out of shape, if we looked out of breath during a class, I think it would, I think that they would look at us a little less and they'd be a little bit disappointed. And I know whenever you, you know, when I've had fitness trainers in the past or gone to classes, you put the teacher a little bit on a pedestal. And if you see them do something that you wouldn't expect them to do or behave in a certain way, then you'd think that you'd be a bit disappointed in them. So obviously we are normal people and we have fun and we have a good time as well. But in general, we really try and show that, you know, we are healthy, 
we are fit. We're not obsessed with everything, but I, we're yeah. And the message that we, um, you know, sort of we have this hashtag fit, strong, healthy. That's the message we're trying to get across. And you know, it's always it's, it's never just about sort of the way you look. It's so much about the way you feel, being able to run up down the road after your kids, um, and being healthy. And you know, um, hopefully that's the message we're giving across. And if you end up with a you know an amazing shape in the meantime, that's great. Um, you know, but that's always a debate in this industry, whether you have to look the part um, or whether having the knowledge is is important. And, you know, it's one of these things that's never going to be. Uh, I think you have to have a, a bit of both. I think it helps. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think yeah, it's yeah, um, yeah. quite a big sort of conversation, I suppose, at the moment. And especially like within uh, sort of our like group and that we sort of talk about people who potentially like maybe going off the rails a little bit in the fitness space um, because they're kind of trying to almost show too much that they're the uh, go happy person and and trying to be too kind of like the opposite. Um, And I think you do kind of need to maintain that good balance, don't you? So uh, yeah, it's cool. I was just interested to see what what you obviously. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think the other thing is that so many people think that, you know, once you become a mum, it's just a, it's a write-off. You've just got to give up on having, you know, your, getting your shape back. Um, and I like to think that we, you know, can show people that actually with our seven kids between us, you know, that we still managed to maintain our sort of physique and possibly look better than we did yeah, 20 years ago. Do you think that so, helps yeah. give you more clients and more kind of respect and, and things like that? So the fact that you are so very, very busy and the fact that you, uh, you know, both look fantastic and also that, you know, you're, you're kind of like trying to teach people this. Do you think that helps you get more clients and helps you get more kind of uh, yeah, more buy in from people? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Um, You know, when we first joined this industry, there was it was so much about sort of these very young 20 something year olds um, parading on Instagram in not many clothes. And I kept saying to Charlotte, do we have to do a bikini shot? You know, maybe we've sort of uh, angled this wrong. And, you know, what Charlotte and, you know, kept reminding me is, you know, our USB is the fact that we are mothers, that we are, um, you know, busy mums who are managing to stay in shape and, um it's, it's sort of what we're all about, really. And, and in fact, that's how it's grown. You know, we have our classes uh, full of mums um, and our clients sort of grow from there through the classes. Um, and that's how our network has expanded. And in fact, you know what? <laughs> yeah, it's worked. It has worked. We have also got um, a lot of team. We do a team boot camp twice a week. And um, so we've got to show them as well. You know, we've got young 13-year-old, 14-year-old to 16-year-old girls coming. And we have to show them, like, we have to be role models to them. I don't want my daughter putting pictures of herself on Instagram in a crop top. So if I were to do that, how can I then, you know, justify her not doing it? And so it's the same for these girls, these young girls. There's so much pressure out there. We want them to feel good about themselves and not feel like they need to behave that way and if we're behaving that way then they'll be like well you know why shouldn't we so yeah we're quite strong on that obviously apart from your team boot camp which is really cool and quite a sort of a different thing I suppose um do you find that most of your clients uh, are sort of women of a similar sort of age and uh you know with kids and, and all that sort of stuff yeah definitely they sort of range sort of between 30 to mid-20s yeah mid-20s to um kind of early 40s a lot of them are 
uh, either new mums or mums with lots of kids. We've we've recently also um, got some. I mean, we've both always trained some men, but men are now, you know, wives are now getting their husbands uh, to train with us and things like that, which is really great. So we're getting quite a lot of experience with men as well. So although all our classes are ladies only because we know that women prefer to work out without men around them, um, we do have a lot of uh, male clients as well. That's cool. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, that's an interesting round women women preferring to to work out without men around them um was that something you consciously did before or is that something you've received feedback on and changed your stance or no we decided that in in our area there weren't actually a lot of ladies only classes mm. and so we thought that um actually that was our niche and so we kind of ran with it we did put on a couple of, we put on a men's class. We called it Men Ace Menace. Um, and um, <laughs> it was a great class, a circuit class. We totally beasted these guys, but we weren't getting the sort of consistency. I just, I don't know if it's a, a, a gender thing, but they weren't sort of able to, you know, football, if football was on, it just trumped our class, basically. So anything that doesn't work, we just um, slash because there's no point sort of, well, we so gave it a try. We, we gave it a good try, and then we decided if football was going to trump it, then we'll go back to the ladies. <laughs> they take it more seriously, and they like and they like being beasted more so even than men. Okay. So, <laughs> it's, just, it's just interesting, really, kind of how it came about. But I mean, you, you tend to find that the demographic for people that um, put on classes or even in kind of you. you jump up chain gyms and that type of stuff they do tend to be majority of women in there although yeah. you do get some men still um yes why it's interested as to why you would you would kind of exclude them but no it was that's fine that's probably it fine. wasn't uh it wasn't a personal thing it was we decided we needed to find a bit of a niche mm. and we needed to find uh you know a way and there was a lot of kind of dance classes exercise classes like zumba for women but actually there was no out of gym, if you weren't a member of a gym, you couldn't just go to a hit class or go and do a circuit class and lift some weight. Um, so that's where we saw that our market was. And so we went with it. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, so, so, so that's, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So I, I get a very strong feeling that obviously kind of the fact that you want to be good role models to not only your your own kids but to obviously you, know, you said younger younger girls or, or anyone I suppose that obviously would be following you guys what what else is kind of like makes uh, always kind of unique to you guys in terms of what you do or yeah um, what else is unique? Well, I think what um, we now um, have a reputation for is that, I mean, Charlotte and I are sort of um, constantly learning. We are constantly going on courses. We're constantly sort of expanding um, what we know. We're sort of massively big on technique and um, we really care about everyone. And I think that if you sort of inter um, interviews all the people who come to our classes, you know, that's sort of the, the, the feedback that we are consistently, you know, getting is that, that um, you know that we actually care, um, and in fact now we we're just sort of eighteen weeks into MNU. Um, maybe thanks to you guys, we were trying to work out if we worked out if we if found Martin before you or you after. But um, you know it's just it's this sort of um, desire to keep learning, to keep teaching, to keep completely up to date um, with what's going on, and um, I, I really think that shines through over. Um, you know, sort of other people in the industry. I don't know, but um, 
Yeah, and we've also just started off the back of um, all of this, um, we've started a 12-week transformation where we've got a group of, we're, we're trialing at the moment, we're going to be rolling it out in the next uh, month or so, but we've got a group of 10 people trialing out our programme where we've given them an exercise programme, a, a flexible nutrition plan, um, and they're working together as a group and um, doing very nicely so far. Yep. Um, and we're kind of also going to see how we can, where we can take that. And we're trying to perfect it, obviously, all the time. These guys are giving us feedback. So um, that's also quite an exciting thing that's happening. Is that an in-person as well? It's semi. We um, we sort of not worked out the, the logistics yet, but um, we hopefully we will meet them um, in the beginning, so long as they're sort of local or possibly on Skype. Um, and... Uh, yeah, go through the nutrition, go through the exercises. Um, you know, it's it's got to be available to everyone, whether they're sort of regular gym goers or completely new to exercise. And it's quite a hard balance to find. You know, you get someone to do a push-up who can do a push-up and that's fine. But if you're new to this, um, we've got to sort of make sure that they get it right. So we had a week into this program that we're doing now. We, we had a meeting with five of them. Half of them were local and came. And we went through like they, it was actually really good to do it after a week because they'd had time to go through it. They'd spent a week doing it. And then they came back to us and they had some questions and we went over some form. Um, so we showed obviously how they should be doing the exercises if they weren't 100 percent sure. Um, and went through things like my fitness power with them in person. They were asking how to, you know, put actual meals in, et cetera, et cetera. So that was really a good way of doing it actually giving them that week and then having a chat with them That's yeah cool. so hopefully we're going to be able to roll that out we reached the point where we have absolutely no capacity and um we've hired another personal trainer and um, we only want to hire someone who really has the same sort of uh outlook outlook as us and we don't just want to um sort of take anyone on board so we've got another personal trainer working for us but we really want to find a way to sort of grow this business so that in a couple of years we can um have a bit more office time um and a bit more family time a bit more family time and um sort of sit back and know that we've got a whole team of personal trainers out there um you know all giving amazing advice and uh you know so a few different directions we're going in that's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's Second exciting. good standard of PTs in London then. Right. I hope That's so. That's what we're trying. <laughs> if you know anyone, send them our way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do I do know a lot. <laughs> uh, um what I was gonna say is the whole like kind of semi in person, semi online type stuff with the twelve week things a bit like uh what we were talking with Scott Roberts about a few weeks ago. I don't know if you listened to that episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's kind of similar to that. So it was just interesting sort of seeing how he was doing things and then sort of how you were doing things as well. Um, and yeah, it's just, just interesting and seeing kind of all the different different ways people go about doing things, which is, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, yeah. What's like, what would you say is the hardest part of being busy mums, but obviously working a job that obviously has the, the long hours that it does? Um What's what's the hardest part of it all? For me, it's just being there. I'm being there 100% for your kids or being there 100% for work. 
because even when you're there physically, often your mind wanders and you're thinking, oh, I must remember to text this person or goodness, I've not confirmed this. Um, and they, 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 you know, they pick up on that kids. They're not, they're not stupid. They pick it up. And so it's sort of being able to flip between I'm working, I'm being a mum, I'm working, I'm being a mum. Um, that's certainly the hardest. I don't know. For me. Yeah. I think also, um, I've, I hate my daughter being on her mobile phone all the time. She's in, she just started secondary school this year. So she's just new to the whole mobile phone thing. And I'm telling her not to be on her phone, but then I'm getting messages from clients or messages on our Ace Transformation group or also got to remember to check someone's food diary or got to text Anna for something. And so trying to be conscious of telling my daughter not to be on her phone, but then very quickly needing to do something on my phone. And that is, I find also very hard. It's like, you know, again, we're trying to set an example, um, but work sometimes, you know, takes over that's hard do they kind of understand that and understand right okay well mommy's you know doing important things on a phone she's not just on snapchat um and that you know obviously kind of being on your phone is is what you know pays the bills and what kind of puts the food on the table yeah they they all understand that they do sometimes it depends what obviously you know what kind of mood they're in sometimes they just get irritated because you know you're telling them not to do something and you're doing it yourself it's you know it's kids sometimes they are great and sometimes they get I think they just use it they just use it to uh to play you you know they really do and they just want your attention that's all kids ever want is attention so uh but I do try and leave my phone to the side um and just not look at it um you know whilst we're sitting at the table eating stuff I think that's a good to kind of move on with anyway if you can I think um we're all a bit too addicted to our phones. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things where, and I read a book about it once, and I can't remember the exact premise of it all, but it's essentially kind of the the light up of the screen or, you know, kind of like the anticipation of what it is just kind of gives these dopamine rushes, which kind of makes us really look out for it. You know what it's like when you've got your phone mm-hmm. in and you leave it to the side and it's, you pick up and check it and you look down and then literally 30 seconds later you pick up and check it and you think, I don't know why you do that because it's literally 30 seconds and it hasn't gone off. Um, that's because we're really yeah. that, that almost rush every time. So um, yeah. I think it's good practice to try and to do that anyway. And obviously, like you say, being a role model and, and trying to make sure that your your daughters or, or whatever aren't yeah. doing is, is, is quite important. So yeah, cool. Definitely. Well, um, um we don't want you to leave without asking the famous question. So, <laughs> of course. Ask you about, um, would you rather be attacked by 100 horse sized ducks or one? And we forgot to discuss this actually. Well, it's okay. definitely one, one horse sized duck. Oh, so I was going to go with anyway. Definitely. I don't know. I feel like you can run and hide. You can just curl up in a ball and hide somewhere. Oh, we can beat up a. Of course, we can. We can beat up a. We can beat up a horse sized duck. I don't like the idea of 100 of them. <laughs> Oh, that's cool cool well um thank you ever so much for joining us i hope you enjoyed it being on yeah um, obviously yeah. You, you guys seem incredibly motivated and, and obviously hard working and i'm sure you're obviously going to make a huge success of 
everything so we definitely wish you well please keep listening thank you um, thank really you well absolutely will and thank you for having us it's been amazing do you want yeah. to shout really out your socials because uh, obviously like you know you, uh, I've just yeah. been on your Instagram just <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so yeah whatever socials you have and that because um, I'm sure if you're kind of you're, you're London based and you're you're a, a mummy after a PT or what have you then um, yeah, yeah you sound like fantastic coaches no yeah, so on Instagram, we're at ace.lifestyle. Um, Facebook is Ace Lifestyle UK. Um, otherwise, our website is um, www.ace-lifestyle.com. Awesome. And uh, yeah, so check us out. Cool. Super. Wow. You excited? I am, yes. Good. You don't sound it. <laughs> That's the popcorn in the kettle black, Brett, sometimes. On these. What are you talking about? You sometimes. Yeah, it's so funny. Like so, so funny. But, yeah, cool. <laughs> when people like, have just said, like, a really epic piece of something, they should be there, like, yeah, cool. <laughs> some of us have to create some sort of direction and be thinking ahead. That's the problem. <laughs> you know, we can't just all wing it. Um, I'm, like, the anchor. <laughs> anyway, right, okay. So, um Let's just go straight in. So, hello, Rachel. Rachel Waitland. We have, I would say you are number one fan. I am, yes. I am up at like five o'clock every Monday morning listening. <laughs> no, uh, no, I don't. It's really we, sad, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. We, we spoke to, um, obviously, Charlotte and Anna from uh, Ace Lifestyle, on which when you listen to this back, uh, they will be on just before you. Um, and... I didn't want to use the word fan because I didn't feel right. And I wouldn't use the word fan here really because, again, I don't feel right. But it's really good to have you on actually because um, it's weird because obviously like, I feel like we know you. But obviously we talk obviously a reasonable amount on through social media and stuff. But um, obviously we never met. But it's cool to have you here. So welcome. Thank you. Good. Good. So um, obviously Shredded Ed's still here. Hello, Shredded Ed. What's up? What's up? Um, so let's well today obviously you've done a tough matter and we'll talk about that in a minute um so if anyone listening is wondering why rachel's a bit tired she's got too many kids and apparently you're broken always <laughs> she's broken from the tough matter um no so rachel just for the listeners then tell uh tell them about yourself or who are you and uh what are you about well i am actually just an average person just a normal person um I have um, I have two lovely children, uh, a husband, um, and just an average person. I um, when I had my second child, um, I went through quite a rough time with him, um, and coming out the other end of having him, I suffered postnatal depression um, and a lot of other things, um, and it resulted in quite a significant weight loss, going from eighteen and a half stone down to nine. Um, and there was a lot of learnings along that way, um, a lot of good things and bad things. Um, I'm glad I did everything I did, um, and the result of it has uh, changed my life. I am now training to be uh, a fitness instructor, yoga instructor, and I am now doing MNU as well. Failing dreadfully because I'm now like three weeks behind at the moment, but <laughs> I, am, I am doing MNU. <laughs> you think that's failing, Christ? You want to try being two intakes behind? <laughs> yeah. It's like running around all the time. So the only time I sit down is when I watch my lectures and that's when I fall asleep. <laughs> so just... 
no, if if you're only three weeks behind, you're doing okay. I, I swear to God, there's. Um, I I was in a lot worse place. Ed still is in a lot worse place. Um, so yeah, uh, it's 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 easy to fall behind when you obviously run such a busy lifestyle. So which is quite cool because obviously it's what we just talked about with Charlotte and Anna. So um, little little tenuous link there. Um, no, cool. Okay, so oh, Ed, you've just stitched me up actually. Why? Well, for the listeners that weren't on the pre-podcast conversation, talking about me saying, yeah, cool, and I've just done it again. (laughs) (laughs) It it seems to think that people come out with some amazing content and I just go, yeah, cool, anyway, and then just (laughs) move on. I've just done it. Sorry, Sorry, Rachel. I'm I'm really sorry. Um, (laughs) um, Cool. Anyway. (laughs) Oh, I'm planted. I can help myself. so t- tell us about a bit more detail then around the, uh, the experience obviously you're having. Was it your second kid you said? Yeah, so Lucas, my second one, he was he's now two and a half. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, when, when you said you lost a bit of weight, or, or a lot, yeah. I should say, kind of like, why was that? How did it kind of come about? So when I was um, pregnant with him, I, um, I well, just when I found out I was pregnant, I also found out I had to have a knee operation. Um, and obviously you're pregnant, you can't do that. So um, I was on crutches while pregnant with him. And I pretty much ate peanut butter on toast and full fat milk. That's pretty much all I ate the entire time. So as you can imagine, you put on a lot of weight doing that. Um, so when I had him, I was 18 and a half stone. Um, and then we, first of all, he was dairy intolerant, which is quite a difficult thing to have a baby who's dairy intolerant anyway. Um but then I found out I was too, as well as wheat intolerant. And then I was diagnosed with a brain condition, um, which was quite harsh, which, uh, which was extra fluid in my brain, which was causing a lot of um, like dizziness, sickness, everything like that. So at one point we did have like nine doctors looking after us both. Wow. So as you can imagine, that, that took its toll on trying to bond with a baby while mm. going to that many appointments because I still had a knee surgeon that was desperately trying to operate on my leg, which, again, I had a baby. I couldn't have an operation. Um, I had to have a whole knee reconstruction done. So the plan was to have 10 months intense physio in the hope that I would fix it. Um, and then at the same time, have um, lumbar punctures to fix the brain issue, things like that. So there was a lot of different people wanting to do different things, and nobody really thought, could she cope over the top of it? It was all, everyone wanted their separate thing to be dealt with. Before so you, I did what anyone would do. You just crack up. I was going to say, before you kind of go into more detail with that, I suppose, so that was all going on once you already had a kid as well? Yeah, I had Isla. She's six. Yeah, so so obviously that's quite hard. I suppose your husband would have to, did a lot of the sort of childcare yeah. and things like that. So he worked full time as well. Yeah, so that's crazy, that is. Yeah. So just to add on top, you've got a kid and a husband and, and everything else. And I think the thing is, though, if, especially being a mum, you you are very good at having the best fake smile. Mm. So he never he didn't notice it either. So it was it, yeah, you're very well hidden because you can't admit to people that you can't cope. Mm. So I, I did what I always do. I was you know I did what I was told, and I exercised. I ran. I did what I needed to do to fix the knee. I 
did what I needed to do to fix my brain. And um, I remember having one lumbar puncture done to drain some fluid and the doctor telling me that if I lost weight, I'd get better and um, I wouldn't be in so much pain. And I remember that being the point where that's when I started drastically dropping weight um, because I thought that would get rid of all my pain. And that was it. That was all I cared about. Um, To the point where... I didn't really see it at the time. I didn't see anything at the time, but I was down to about at one point down to about 500 calories a day. That was it. Wow. But not through like even wanted to. I just it, the one thing that stressed me out the most was eating. I didn't. I couldn't eat. I couldn't figure it out. It was my brain just couldn't comprehend eating, so I just didn't do it. Yeah. So when obviously like the doctor turned around and said, right, you need to lose weight to ease everything uh what did you do to go about losing weight because were you kind of uh clued up on nutrition at all were you kind of clued up on dieting tips or hacks you know, or anything i've done things like slimming world things like that in the past um but that's obviously a very brainwashed way of the world anyway they are they they have their way of doing things um and i've had like personal trainers and things in the past so i had like i always had the idea of how you diet um, but because I, I mean, I just I ran, I ran a lot. So I would run quite easily, run like 10k a week. Bearing in mind this was on a knee that needed a whole knee reconstruction done, I would just run because that's what I, that's all I knew how to do. Um, so I'd be running, I'd be swimming, and I'd be pretty much, and I just I wouldn't stop. I'd go to appointment, I'd have kids, I'd have, I'd, I would look, never stop. So I just didn't eat. I just chose not to do it because it was too stressful. So now I look at it and I can I can actually picture I just chose not to do it. It was the easiest one to just not do. So then when I, it's only when I realised that I eat generic food, so you will eat that for breakfast, you will eat this for lunch, and you're eating the most basic food just to survive on it. And you just yeah. drop it down that low. It's crazy, isn't it? Did you, uh, <clears throat> I suppose, <laughs> I know myself and uh, probably many others, uh, we, uh, you know, we, we drop 100 calories of our kind of what we're normally eating and all of a sudden we're going to die because of starvation. Um, did you kind of have any, uh, or was it just, I was going to say, did you feel as though you were really hungry at the time? Did you feel as though you were sort of struggling diet-wise or were you just so busy and consumed with everything else that it just didn't even enter your mind? No, that that was the problem I had though. It was... Because they didn't, nobody noticed the postnatal depression um, and that the severe anxiety that was going on. That I was that ill that I actually never felt hungry, because wow. you were that far in depression and everything else. I never felt hungry ever, so I wouldn't eat because I never actually felt hungry. Mm. So I suppose it, I mean this is probably quite a bad thing to say, but I suppose in a, in a sense that sort of helped from a yeah. diet perspective, having all these other issues going on almost yeah. helped you lose that weight, which could have caused more issues, I suppose. Yeah, I wouldn't use the word help. No, I? no, which not at all, but it's it, the best yeah. way I could kind of picture it. At the time, you think it's just helping because you're just dropping it. So it was January when I had Lucas, and then by the time I got to the November was when I was down to, like, just under nine stone. From yeah, eight. I was, I was going to ask how much weight did you actually lose in total. So that's eight, 18 and a half stone. 18 and a half in when I had Lucas in January and then by the time I got to November it was just under nine. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Wow. So that's such a speedy yeah. weight loss. I was, I was pretty much half your body weight in you know like what was it? Eleven ten months. Ten eleven months or whatever it is. So And it was from like the August that I was screaming for help and no one would help me because you was too you were overweight. So therefore you couldn't be sick. 
but I kept saying to them, but I am, I am sick. And they just, they didn't believe you because you can't, because you're not, you don't look sick. Yeah. So what, what was kind of like the thing that turned you around then almost in terms of, was there um, kind of one moment or was it? In kind September of... I had, um, I went back to work, well, I had to go back to work and I had to have a lumbar puncture before I went back um, and it went wrong and they pierced my spinal cord and all the fluid le- leaked out and I ended up in hospital for two weeks um, absolutely paralysed to the bed um, and actually that made it worse because I believe that I got I got a lot of pain and I got very sick and I believe food did that to me so ever since then I haven't eaten things like potatoes um, rice things like that anything that I deem as could possibly make me sick mm. um, so that made me worse because I felt that food was actually poisoning me and that's when I got the whole like food's actually poisoning me now um, and it's like massive phobias against food. Um, and then from that September, I then went back to work. And it wasn't until the December I saw my knee surgeon and I thought I'd done it. I thought I'd fixed everything. And he told me that I'd made it worse and that I, I had about three weeks until I'd have to have my whole knee rebuilt. Um, and I had to move my entire operation onto private to get it done fast. Mm. Um, and then it was literally that day when he said that to me and I just I, I collapsed in the hospital and it was just I can't do it anymore um, but I, I, I woke up that day it was really weird I woke up it was like I don't remember anything that happened to me from September to December I was I physically don't remember anything Lucas got christened and everything and I don't even remember the, that happening right. I don't remember going back to work I don't remember anything it was just it was like I was walking around in a dream that so, day I just kind of like hit rock bottom yeah and what was it that day at then rock bottom that then kind of just what made you then turn around and go well, actually we need I need to do something about this or I need to get the support to do it well it was always like my GP wanted me to see a counsellor all this but I couldn't because I worked um because I worked full-time as well so therefore you're on a you're in a queue because obviously evenings is a nightmare to try and get so it was always well, I can't do that you know and then I looked at it and said, like, well, if I have this operation, I will be off work. Therefore, I can go and do that. Um, maybe I do need a break. Maybe, you know, and actually the operation was probably the right thing to do. Mm. Because then I'll be able to go and see the counsellor you want me to see. I'll be able to take the break you want me to take. Um, but then my GP went to my surgeon and told him that it wasn't the best thing to do to me psychologically. And that they shouldn't operate on me. But they had to kind of overrule him. Mm. Um because you're about to obviously take someone out of this using exercise as a way of coping and you're about to take that offer. And it was quite a dangerous thing to do. Yeah, I can it, imagine that. Like, there wasn't a choice, it had to be done. So yeah, yeah, very dangerous yeah. thing for us to do. Because by this point, I was you could see bones sticking out of me. It was quite horrific. Oh, that sounds um, horrible. And I still didn't really have a control of like what was going on. I was still dropping weight quite drastically by this point as well. Um, so it, it was quite... A risky thing to do and it was you know you had you had to kind of believe it was the right thing you were going to do I, I, i'm glad they warned me because it is it is quite psychologically damaging to do that kind of thing yeah no sure sure i get it um i was just gonna ask like how how did you go about recovering then in terms of from from the weight loss and, and obviously psychologically well i think well once i pulled myself out of because i mean i was exercising six seven days a week um once I did the operation, obviously, it went, I went from being able to run like 10k a week to I couldn't even walk in a pool. It was ridiculous. Like I just couldn't understand how you could do that. Oh. Um, 
And then like, I started to see my surgeon and, he's, and I'm like, I could do a grip class last week. And he's like, you can't even do yoga now. Like, it's ridiculous. So you kind of, it was quite a harsh reality to what you pulled out to do. But I started doing um, yoga and body balance. And actually, it was amazing how much better I felt doing just simple stuff like that and not running anymore. And I realised I'd been running for so long that I'd, that's, I'd just stop thinking. I would, I would just run and I would just not think about stuff. So I turned to um, doing yoga, body balance and doing weight training again, like I used to do. So I got a personal trainer um, who taught me how to weight train again and kind of step away from running because actually it was quite damaging. Mm. And I was still using it to, not necessarily to burn calories, but I was still using it to distract myself from the world. And I needed to kind of pull myself out of that mindset again. Yeah. I suppose it could be a bit of a downward, well, yeah, a bit of a slippery slope really with the running, couldn't it? Because I know that was a bit like yeah. what um, Fran was talking about in her episode many months ago when she was talking about the anorexia and she'd go cycling and stuff like that a lot. And she just sort of, she saw it as like, you kind of got sucked into it basically and, and yeah, yeah. Um, so I suppose with that and then obviously with the complications of the knee surgery as well so if you're running on the knee we all know that running you know a lot isn't the best for knees and um, yeah so so yeah definitely a slippery slippery slope well you do you have to kind of change everything because to be able to recover you don't just recover from that kind of stuff you're never really ever going to recover it's always going to be there in the background hmm. but yeah to get up every day and choose to recover is what you have to do. Yeah. So, but you can't do what you used to do to be able to carry on. So you can't run like you used to because it's, it's that's not who you are anymore. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I guess everyone's quite different, aren't they? But obviously, the the ben- the main thing, not the benefit, the main thing is obviously that you recognise in yourself that, and that obviously you find a way of, I suppose, whatever your either coping mechanism or your yeah, your mechanism of just making sure that you don't relapse. So I guess you obviously we 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 kind of chat on social media recently, didn't we? Saying that you kind of felt that you might be relapsing. I don't know if it's yeah. even, even used that as a phrase in terms of it being that drastic as as a relapse. But um, you felt obviously there were some things that you kind of had to kind of always check yourself with. I don't know if you want to touch on that. Yeah, but life got busy again. I um I had a new job because I got made redundant from my job. Um, so I have a new job, so it's all really busy again. And um, again, it, when you get busy, you you take out the one thing that you can take out. And again, that's eating because it stresses me out. So I just take it away. Mm. But you don't realise you're doing it until you do it. Mm. So then you turn around and you just think, I've only eaten porridge all week. And all of a sudden I realise I've literally eaten porridge for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner, and that's it. Uh, you, you you can't live on that kind of stuff um but you have to kind of realize that's what you're doing and then be more mindful about how you're doing things and what you're doing because it's not it's not like you're doing it on purpose you just carry on you just keep going until you just then realize actually it's not good and I'm, I'm quite lucky that I do start feeling ill now uh, from it so I do feel hungry now I do uh, I do have that whole emotional feeling back so I do now feel hungry so I'm like oh I'm quite hungry so therefore I mustn't have eaten today and yeah yeah. and you you just have to be very aware of what you're doing and how you're feeling about things and it is quite hard to do though because 
you don't you don't want to know. You do, you just want to keep going. Yeah, no, no, I understand. I guess as part of the recovery and obviously um, regaining weight and stuff, has that been quite difficult? Yeah, but I kind of chose to. So um, my personal trainer is incredible. Everyone keeps saying to me now, why have you still got one? It's like, because I can't give him up. Um, <laughs> I just can't give him up. Um, but he taught me weight training again. And he's like, you're going to put weight on because inevitably you're going to put muscle on. And so we, I don't get weighed at all. And if I do get weighed, I get weighed backwards on a scale um, because I don't need to know. And I, I know I put weight on because inevitably you're going to when you put Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I put on over a stone now, and but it doesn't bother me because I know it's muscle. Mm-hmm. So if if I do put weight on, he does like my whole body composition. He'll prove it's it's yeah, but it's it's body fat, my body fat, everything. He'll prove it's muscle mass, and it's fine. But it, it when he first starts doing it, it does really mess with your brain a little bit because you're like, but I worked so hard to lose that weight, and but you do have to really choose your wellness and your mental health over the weight loss that you have. Because the weight loss is nothing compared to what that does to your mental health afterwards. No, sure. I, I mean, we, we're going to do an episode at some point on, because we've been talking about for a while, but things like health at any size and stuff, because obviously that's sort of like a, a different paradigm, a different concept to talk about. But when it comes to like this type of thing, that the the mental aspect and the your, like you say, wellness over weight loss is, is so incredibly important because there is no point bit like losing weight if i mean obviously if you're physiologically and that's kind of what we're talking about health any size but if you're physiologically overweight and your health markers are mean that you are at risk of stuff then obviously it is important to lose weight but if you're losing weight from that maybe isn't in a position where your your health or your your health markers are in a in a, in a bad place then if you're not having overall wellness and you're not actually happy, what are you achieving by losing weight? Nothing. Exactly. So. Well, you have in your head that you know you want to be a size ten, and that's all you, you focus on. You want to be that size ten. You get there, and it's like, but you're not happy. You're that size ten, but you're not happy. Yeah. That's because um, you kind of realise yeah. that your happiness isn't tied or anchored to a specific physique, body, scale, weight, or whatever. And actually, I got I got down to under nine stone, and all all I saw was bone. It was horrific. I, I'd sit at the doctor's surgery, and they'd be like, "Do you think you're fat?" It's like, no. All I see is bone. It's horrible. Mm. And you do you don't realise at the time that losing weight is you you want to stop, but then you've spent so long dieting, nobody's actually there at the end to tell you how to not diet anymore. And that's yeah. a massive part of it. Is how do you stop? being on a diet but when you've dieted your entire life how do you then stop being on a diet yeah. like a normal person it's interesting isn't it because i know like um looking at a few people in like the no nonsense nutrition group um on the, the facebook group so looking at like mel fudge uh she lost like a really good amount of weight and it's it must be so tough to go from three years of dieting to to, oh right okay well you know what what now you know where, where do we go you know I've hit I've hit my goal weight or I've hit you know a place where I want to be happy I mean I think a lot of people have like a goal weight in mind don't they or the um yeah so they'll be saying oh I want to get down to like nine stone or, or whatever it may be and like you say you know you get there and you you're kind of not happy and then you're a bit or if you are you, you get there and you're like oh well, well what now like where, where do I go um you know what do I do how do I change things? How do I eat? Like, what do I do? And yeah, you know, it's such a tough, tough thing, especially when you've gone for such a a dramatic loss, like you did yourself. You know, you lost half your body weight yeah. <laughs> over ten months. Like, that was a big insane. aspect of it. Is I don't, 
I no longer feel like I'm me. I don't look like me. I don't sound like me. I'm not the person I used to be. Therefore, where has that person gone? Yeah. So yeah. you essentially killed that person that you used to be. Mm. Especially when... And like, you lose a lot of stuff with that person. Yeah, yeah. Especially when the weight gain is such a, a steady process for most people. It yeah. could take years. It could take 10 years, 15 years. Um, but weight loss tends to be a lot more rapid, especially in your case. So you literally are looking at a completely different person. Because most people, when they lose weight, even, yeah. you know, five kilos, look like a different person, the way the face changes and everything like that. And, um, yeah, that must be sort of quite difficult to sort of come to terms with, I suppose. Well, yeah, I spent a long time looking for the person I used to be. And actually, I then had to realise that I'd, I'd, I'd killed her and she'd gone. And instead, I had to figure out who this new person was rather than trying to find that old person I used to be. Yeah. Mm. Do you prefer the new person, or are you still looking? I love the new person now. Yeah, good, good. Like, but it's, yeah, that, the, you had to learn to love a whole new person rather than looking for that old one that used to be there. Yeah. What? What? So, just what? What's like? So, remain in recovery on every day almost is, I think, one of the the term you use. Um, what kind of? What do you do then to make sure that, that happens? Literally, when you wake up, you have to decide to jump out of bed and be happy about it. it, it just, it, everyone, everyone can't understand how I can get up at like four, half four every morning and literally jump out of bed. But it's because why wouldn't you, yeah, how lucky are you that you get to be alive and you get to smile? And I spent so long not smiling that it's like, actually, I want to go to work today. I want to do this today. I want to go and see the kids. And I have to find that little bit of my day that's going to be amazing. And you just, you want to eat because you want to live and I remember how awful some days were and I use that to then go I don't want to ever have that feeling again mm. and that's why I've just gone through my fitness training and I'm just going through MNU now because there is help out there it's just it's hard nobody can really help on this because <clears throat> the only person that can help you is you and you have to be the one that gets yourself out of bed in that morning and you have to be the one that recovers yourself because no one is going to be able to help you do that. No, I mean, you, obviously, inevitably, that the motivation has to come within. We talked about that yeah. um, even just in terms of weight loss or, you know, kind of any goal, really, in terms of having that internal motivation. But obviously, you also need the support from other people externally. That's it. Well. And that's what I massively lacked is that there's no support there for you. So you can have all the motivation in the world, but you feel like you're alone. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, well, um, that's been a really cool story. Uh, I think we're running kind of in on time, but um, I, I, I obviously, I guess, hopefully a lot of people will hear this and, and want or can relate to it. Um, and obviously, I'd, I'd, I'm sure you wouldn't mind if people, if they do relate to get in touch and like I chat about that. it. Obviously, we said the same with with Fran and her episode. Like, if people and obviously you were one of them, like to reach out so that if people can really relate to stuff and and yeah. feel like you know that it's something that they wish more people talked about, then to get in touch and kind of really talk about it. So, I definitely um, encourage people to do that. Um, before we go, though, we would really love to ask you the 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 or our famous infamous question around. Would you rather be attacked by a horse-sized duck or a duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? Because we really want to know what your thoughts are. Got to be a hundred duck-sized horses, just because the the size of that one would freak me out. <laughs> there is, I say, it, there is no right or wrong answer, but that's the wrong answer. <laughs> no, I'm 
dude, no. I, I just, I just, I'm gonna, I have to do, I have to play devil's advocate every time someone comes up with this answer. You say it every single time, though. I know. Every, you and There's John last week, or whatever it was. You and John went into so much detail like should, with this like, question. Get these made for us, and we should actually physically see them. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I I feel that that does need to happen because I think that's the only way people are going to really understand the danger or the context they're in. Like yeah. they, they they might only be the size of ducks, but horses are incredibly solid, and a hundred of them would easily stampede you over in seconds. But they're little. Compared to a giant duck. <coughs> what, what if I changed it to say like a hundred Rottweilers or something? Like, you know? Well, I was bitten by a Rottweiler, so. <laughs> what about a hundred of them? <laughs> you know the danger then. That's all I, mean. just, I don't know. I just, just, uh, just I don't know. I'm in danger of whichever <laughs> one I pick. <laughs> no, this is true. That's why there isn't a wrong answer. So, no, cool. Um, no, uh, Thank you ever so much, Rachel. I'm so glad you came. Thank on. you for having me. Even though we can't see you because your <laughs> camera doesn't work, um, it's nice it's to. Because I angrily slammed my laptop down the other day and I probably broke it. Probably, yeah. Um, no, it's still nice to like e meet you, as they say, as the kids say nowadays. Nice so, to meet you guys. Yeah. Um, hope this. Hope, hope, hope you enjoyed it. Anyway, I say we enjoy every. Loved it, and I'll still be up at five for listening. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um, if anyone wants to get in touch with you um, about either because they want to reach out and chat about obviously your story or if they've got something of their own to talk about or obviously like you say you're you're going through MNU and obviously your your fitness stuff yeah. at the minute. Do you want to shout out your socials and um, anywhere people can contact you, etc.? I mean, mainly I use um, Instagram, which is uh, Rach Beyond Recovery. Um, so a lot of my stuff's on there. Um, and a lot of my MNU stuff's on there as well, so we use that a lot more as it's coming up now. Yeah, cool, awesome. Oh, well, we'll make sure we get it in the show notes as well, so people can to reach out. But cool. Well, um, well, well, I guess we'll sign off there and say thank you again. Thanks for having me, guys. That's Thanks all right. You're welcome. Glad to chat, and obviously we will uh, speak again soon. Obviously, our, our paths, I'm sure, will cross. Uh, at some point in the actual physical world, I'm sure, at some MNU events or something. I know, I've got body composition one coming up soon. Oh, have you? Uh, okay. Ed, have you done that yet? Uh, I did it when I was supposed to do it last year. <laughs> 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 it was a good weekend, actually, the body composition. Uh, it's a one day, isn't it? I think they turned it into a weekend thing now, though, have they? Yeah, Saturday, Sunday now. Yeah, it used to be a one day, and because Loughborough's quite close to me, so that was quite handy. Um, it's the case studies weekend. Um, I got like really ill because I was taking some antibiotics at the time, um, and sure. I drank a lot of beer. I thought it was a beer, but I'd literally gone off these antibiotics like twelve hours before, uh, like the, the day before or whatever it was before we started drinking. And I just like me and Billy were just like buying drinks all night, and we got very drunk as well. Um, but I was horrific the next day. Oh god, I don't remember a single thing of it. I just sat there sweating. Billy. <laughs> Billy's a bad influence. Yes. Yeah. Don't take you with me. <laughs> uh, yeah, avoid Billy at the bar. Anyway. Anyway, I'm not no. recording. <laughs> I best stop recording. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.